0: All right, guys, this is Faye. We have another exciting shout out from our Patreon today.
1: Thanks again to Katie Neal, who's a new patron on Patreon at the $20 a month level. Thank you, Katie.
0: Your contributions are doing a ton to help us make great content, get new equipment. We just got Nick actually a new Yeti microphone. Um, So he is sitting across from me right now with his new setup with his boom arm and his microphone. It looks super awesome and sounds great.
1: Yep. Hopefully you hear me loud and clear out there. If you want an awesome shout out like Katie, head over to our Patreon, wwwpatreoncom Coffee. You can also find a link on our website at creaobservercoffee.com. You can become a member at five, ten, twenty, or fifty dollars a month. Get some cool swag and a shout out on the show. All right, guys, welcome back. This is Nick. This is Faye. And this is Criogs Criogs Over Coffee.
0: Today, we're very excited to have with us Dr. Cynthia Jomfi from Columbia University Medical Center, who is going to be talking to us today. Dr. Jomfi is the Ellen Jacobson Levine and Eugene Jacobson Professor of Women's Health in Obstetrics and Gynecology at the Columbia University Medical Center. Welcome, Dr. Jomfi. Thank you, thanks for having
2: me.
1: All right, so Dr. Jonfi, we're here in Las Vegas at SMFM's annual meeting, and one of the things we've asked all of our guests so far is what are you most excited about for this meeting?
2: I was most excited about the courses, but perhaps I'm biased, because I was overseeing them this year, Um, and then they all kind of turned out to be so good, and I couldn't sit through all of them because I had to run from room to room, but I was very excited about the course. Um, Anything specifically, Dr. Jonfi, that you were excited about with the courses? So this year, I introduced a new postgraduate course called Labor, because so many things had changed in labor, and we had the ARRIVE trial, and we had L- Allison Cahill study looking at uh, um, you know, passive descent versus early pushing, um, and there's just so many interesting things, and so I was really excited about that one. Um, but there's so many others. I mean, I think the cardiac folks, the maternal cardiac disease, they did a great job, and a lot of the debates were really fun. I heard great things about USA versus Europe. Um, so hopefully we'll keep that going next year too.
1: Yeah. Looking forward to it. Dr. Jambi, can you tell us a little bit about your journey into obstetrics and gynecology, maternal fetal medicine, and kind of what your current interests are in the field?
2: Oh, well, it's, it's actually a really interesting or maybe typical story in that I didn't think I was going to do ob when I went to medical school. I was pretty sure I was going to do some medicine subspecialty. And so I put OB as my first rotation in the third year and I loved it. And I'm that kind of person that really loves everything except for peds. I did not like peds. Um, But then, um, so I ended up loving OB and surgery. And then it was very difficult for me to pick between the two. Um, I really loved um, trauma surgery. But trauma surgery was going to be seven-year commitment. And I said to myself, I'm never going to do seven years. And then I did MFM. So I did seven years. (laughs) Yeah. Um, In terms of MFM, I did my OBGYN residency at a place where they had the MFMU, and it was in Miami, University of Miami, and there were so many high-risk patients. Back then, we had about 10,000 deliveries a year. I would say at least 90% of them were high-risk. And so in thinking about what I was going to do, I really uh, couldn't imagine myself doing anything else, which is funny because I didn't apply on time. So I just assumed, I was so tired from residency. I was, we were kind of pre 80-hour work week, and I was just exhausted, and so chief year came, and I applied for an academic generalist job, actually in, in New York, cause I was ready to move to New York City. And so I got there and they looked at my CV and they said, um, you're not gonna apply for the academic generalist job. And I <laughs> said, I'm not? And they said, no, you're applying for MFM. And I said, I am? And so that's exactly what happened. As soon as I got home, I was like, oh my God, I need to apply for MFM, what was I thinking? And that's how. Dr. Narvi, can you talk to us a little bit about your current interests in, in
0: MFM and uh, how, you got to the, how you got there?
2: Well, I've always been interested in clinical trials from that exposure to MFMU as a medical student and a resident, Um, and so that was the way I started to think of questions, and it doesn't necessarily matter what the question was, but the way to answer it would be with a randomized trial. Uh, And when I was in training, both through medical school, then residency, and even fellowship. There was a lot of discussion about antinetic corticosteroids, should we do rescue course? When I started, we were doing multiple, you know, weekly courses, and then we stopped doing that, and then we started doing rescue. And to me, it was just such an interesting question. Uh, and so I always, you know, thought of those types of things and was able to, you know, develop a randomized clinical trial. The other piece, which um, it's funny, I always hesitated away from statistics because When I was in college, you know, the rumor, they were too hard. And then in med school, I was like, nah. So I always kind of did the bare minimum. But turns out that during my fellowship was when I realized how much I loved stats. And I wanted to know more and more. And then actually, as a faculty member, I ended up getting a master's in biostatistics um, to kind of round everything out. So I do a lot of perinatal epidemiology, um, clinical trials. As the PI for the MFMU, we have about eight trials going on at the same time. So that's a lot of fun and i get to do stats for my fellows and little projects that's kind of
1: is there any kind of counseling or advice that you have for your fellows or for residents people in training about coming up with those questions that are so interesting or important
2: you know i always tell them that the best you have to practice clinically to be able to come up with the clinical questions and they come up all the time there's always a conundrum because everybody says when you have two mfms you have four different ways to do things <laughs> and so there is your randomized clinical trial right there you know is there equipoise, do we know what the, you know, the questions are there, you see them on l day, and then how do we answer them? And there can be two different ways to do it. And so I think clinical practice is really important to do clinical trials and, you know, just studies in general. Um, but that's where my questions come from. I can still recall the conversation I had with my fellow who presented at the oral plenary on what her research was going to be. And we were just talking, and then she was talking about, you know, the new ACOG recommendation had just come out, And so he said, well, you know, this is a great idea for a clinical trial because, you know, you can do these things and blah, blah, blah. And at first, she was like a little hesitant. She didn't believe me that it was a good idea, but, you know, it turned into an oral plenary. So, you know, those are the kind of things, things you see every day, that's going to be a clinical trial.
0: Dr. Joffe, what keeps you grounded, both in and out of work? Like, what keeps you, you know, like still down to earth and like able to just function? I guess. I mean, I, we, Nick and I, literally, were going through your, you know, your, your PubMed page, and I was like, how many primary author papers does she have? How many grants? This is, oh my gosh. Um,
2: you know, it's, it's a lot of it has to do with my husband. He's in he's in medicine too. He's an emergency medicine doctor, and he's so understanding about these things. Like he never gives me a hard time if I have to be in Vegas for a week during both our anniversary and Valentine's Day. And you know we have two kids, and and you know it's 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 a lot of fun. But in my life, I've just never taken myself too seriously, and so I surround myself with people who don't take themselves too seriously. So you end up having a lot of fun.
1: Great. Any particular pastimes or things outside of work? We've heard opera a lot this week.
2: Oh, that's interesting. Well, I'm an avid reader. I love to read. And it's funny because I used to read all through, you know, high school, college, and then I kind of just stopped in medical school, stopped in residency, and then started up again as a fellow. And I, can, I will only read fiction because I don't want to, <laughs> there's enough, you know, science and medicine that we're reading. So I only read fiction. I read probably a couple of books, maybe like four or five a month. Wow. And I read while I'm on the treadmill on my little Kindle. And so one of these days, I'm going to have a really bad accident. But yeah, you'll see me in the gym. I'll, I, if I don't have my Kindle to read, then I can't can't stay on the treadmill for that long.
0: Um, I'm actually in two book groups <laughs> right now in residency. I'm not sure how I'm keeping up with them. I'm actually not. Um, but what book should we read next?
2: Um, well, the one I'm reading right now is really good. It's The Wife Before Me. Ooh, okay. Yeah, it's really good. And it's funny because when you read it on a Kindle, you just can't remember the titles anymore because you don't have a book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's not sitting like, on your bedside table in the same way. Yeah. A good one. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Jampy, for
0: taking time and coming onto our podcast with us. Once again, I'm Faye. I'm Nick. And this is Creogs Over Coffee.
1: So guys, if you enjoyed the podcast today, if you have any questions, comments, things you want to share with us, reach out to us online. Our website's www.creogsovercoffee.com. Our Facebook is at Creogs Over Coffee, and our Twitter is at Creogs Over Coffee number one.
0: And if you want to give us some support in exchange for a shout out on the podcast or some cool swag, you can find us on our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash coffee.
1: You can find us anywhere you get a podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever.
0: And if you want to reach out to us with a specific question or you feel like we got something wrong on our last podcast, go ahead and email us at coffee at gmail.com.